You're listening to a powerful message from the Overcomers Church World Outreach. We believe the word of God you receive today will bring restoration and transformation to your life. We invite you to worship with us. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website, www.overcomersgrace.org. God bless you as you listen to his word in Jesus' name. Say good day, church. The Bible says that this is the day that the Lord has made and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Our God has made this day and this day shall be a day of gladness and a day of rejoicing. Now, let us pray. The Bible says that the entrance of God's word brings light and gives understanding to the simple. As I share God's word with you today, let our God give us light, let our God give us understanding. Lord, we pray that where there is darkness, let there be light. Where there is a burden, let such a burden be lifted. Where there is a yoke, let the yoke be broken and be destroyed. Where there is sickness, let there be healing. Where any man has a question, Lord, bring answers. Let your people be defied and let your name be glorified. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have prayed. Now let your amen roar like thunder wherever you are watching me from. God bless you. Hallelujah. Today, our text shall be taken from the book of Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2 and verse 27. Joel chapter 2 and verse 27. And you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. I read the New Living Translation. Then you will know that I am among my people Israel, that I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. Never again will my people be disgraced. Today my message is titled, Never Again. Never Again. Two words, never again. Never again can be heard either as a threat or as a promise. Never again. You see, never again comes with a note of finality, which means that it is final, not a chance. No chance at all, not a chance. Never again. And I mentioned it can come to you it can be heard either as a threat or as a promise. If you read the book of First Kings, you will discover that Elijah was given a message by God to go and give to Ahab. Ahab messed up real big time. He committed all kinds of atrocities, entered into idolatry, then murdered Naboth and took his vineyard. And God said to Elijah, go and tell him, this man Ahab, that I'm going to wipe away his entire generations. I will not leave a single survivor to his name. That never again will any man from his family sit on the throne of Israel. Never again came to Ahab. But he didn't come to him as a good promise. He came to him as a threat. And at the end of the day, God carried out whatever he told Ahab he was going to do. Ahab's entire lineage and bloodline was wiped off from off the face of the earth 
because of his atrocities and abomination. But another man heard the words never again. But he did not come as a threat. He came to him as a promise. If you look at the book of Genesis chapter 8, verse 21, and chapter 9, verse 11, God said to Noah, that never again will I curse the ground for man's sake. And never again will I destroy the earth with flood. So as you hear me this morning, what I've come to do is not to issue a threat, but to declare to you the promise that God has made concerning his people. Just like never again came to Noah as a promise, today let it come to you as God's promise. God said, never again will I curse the ground for man's sake. I don't know where you're watching me from, but I do pray for you that never again will your family be described as a cursed family. Never again will tragedy be a hallmark of your family. Never again will your life continue in pain in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Never again. And so God said to Noah, never again will I cause the ground for man's sake. Never again will I destroy the earth with flood. Never again, never again, never again. Hallelujah. So as I mentioned earlier, never again comes with a note of finality. A note of finality. When God says to you never again, it means there is no chance for whatever God is dealing with or addressing to continue or to happen anymore. Here is the promise of God for us, as we read in the book of Joel, chapter 2, and verse 27. Look at what God said. I paraphrase it. My people shall never again be put to shame. My people shall never again be put to shame. That is God's promise concerning his people. What does it mean to be ashamed? It means to find your yourself in a place of dishonor, in a position of ignominy, where something that is not good has happened to you, or people have nothing good to say about you. But I want you to know that we have a God who can change any situation. Scripture says, who is it that says and it comes to pass when God has not commanded? If God says it's not over for you, then it is not over. There is still hope for you. If you believe, we say a loud amen in Jesus' name. And so God's promise for us is that he says, my people shall never again be put to shame. Am I saying that you will not have seasons of trouble? No. Am I saying you will never have challenges again? No. Am I saying that you won't ever have difficulties again? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that you will not be ashamed, nor will you be disgraced for trusting God. I say this to every child of God who is watching me. You will not be ashamed because you trusted Jesus. You will not be put to shame because you believe God. Hallelujah. You will not fall into disgrace. You will not be ashamed for trusting this Jesus. Right where you are, if you believe what I'm saying, let your amen also roar like thunder in Jesus' name. That's what I'm saying. That you will not be ashamed, nor will you be disgraced for trusting God. 
I want you to know that we live in a time when a lot of people are questioning the, the, you know, the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God. I remember a cousin of mine, my cousin, who lost his sister, also my cousin. And he was weeping. And I went to comfort him. And I said to him, stop crying. Take heart. I told him that the Bible says we should not mourn like those that have no hope. That we will see his sister again. Come resurrection morning. He turned and said to me, stop quoting scriptures for me. Where were you? Where was your God? This is your God when my sister died. I looked at him and I said to him, my God is still on the same throne where he was when his son Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross. The Bible says that whosoever believes in his, this God shall never be confounded, shall not be put to shame. And I said to him, God is not unfaithful because you lost your sister. He's not a wicked God because you lost him. You lost her, rather. I said, God is a sovereign God. I said, there are many things we cannot know on this side of eternity. There are questions that will be answered when we get to heaven. And for that, my cousin, he was, he was despondent. He was not happy. He, he was angry with God that, that God allowed his sister to die. I want to remind you, the Bible says, God says, for I know the thoughts I have for you. I know the plans that I have for you. They are thoughts of peace, plans of good to bring you to an expected end. I make bold to declare to you that the God you and I have is too good to be involved in wickedness. There is no evil in God's agenda for you and me. The Bible says that this God is on our side. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Sometimes when trouble comes, it could be that God is working out for you. Purposes that you may not see immediately. Scripture says, for all things work together for good. To them that love God. To them which are called according to his purpose. Sometimes, things you don't understand may be happening to you. You may find yourself in trouble. You may find yourself in a tight or difficult corner. It doesn't mean that God is not with you. Read the story of Joseph in the Bible. The Bible tells us that when Joseph's brothers conspired against him, stripped him of his coat of many colors, and they cast him inside a pit where there was no water. The Bible records there that God was with him. If anyone had told Joseph at that time that God was with him, would he have believed it? How can God be with me and I'm in a pit? How can God be with me and I've been stripped of my honor, stripped of my coat of many colors? Eventually he was sold to some merchants who were tra traveling merchants who took him down to Egypt and sold him to a man called Potiphar. And the Bible records again, and God was with Joseph in the house of Potiphar the Egyptian. How can a man that was sold as a slave, the Bible says that God was with him. It's difficult to understand. Eventually Potiphar's wife lied against him. He found himself in prison, imprisoned. And the Bible records again, and even in the prison, God was with Joseph. How can God be with me? Maybe you're asking yourself this question. If God is with me, why am I in trouble? If God is with me, why am I going through what I'm going through? 
Hallelujah. You are not the first person to ask yourself that question. But I want you to know that all things ultimately will work out for your good. The God we serve is the only person who can bring beauty out of ashes. The Bible says that this God has called the light out of darkness. Only God can bring light out of a dark situation. I don't know how dark where you are is right now. But in the midst of that darkness, God will make his light to arise and shine upon you. The Bible says, arise, shine, for your light is come and the glory of God is risen upon you. I want you to know that the presence of trouble in your life does not mean the absence of God. I may have to repeat myself again. Let me repeat this. When you find yourself in trouble, just have belief. Have this at the back of your mind that God could be working out for you purposes that you can't immediately see. But at the end of the day, you will see his purpose manifest. You will see his goodness manifest. Now say another amen in Jesus' name. For he has good plans for us, plans of good and not of evil, to bring us to an expected end. God is too good to be involved in wickedness. There is no evil in God's agenda for his people. At the end of the day, God will make everything work out for your good. A lot of people do not know that trouble can be a vehicle that God will use to transport you into your destiny. More often than not, God uses trouble to transport his children to the point of fulfillment of his promises. Hallelujah. May whatever trouble you are going through today work out for your good. May that trouble be a vehicle that God will use to carry you to the point of fulfillment in your life, to carry you into your destiny in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. For those who believe God, you will not be ashamed. For those who trust God, you will not come to the place of disgrace. Can somebody say amen? Now, I want you to know that Lazarus, Mary, and Martha trusted Jesus. They trusted him. If you go to John chapter 11, you will see the story of Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. The Bible says that Lazarus was sick and a message was sent to Jesus. And the message went this way. Come, Jesus, the man whom you love, your friend Lazarus, is sick. The Bible tells us that in many of his ministrations and journeys and travelings, that Jesus will go to Bethany, the house of Lazarus. At Bethany, he will rest. At Bethany, he will sleep over. At Bethany, he will eat. So Bethany was a place he used to go to have some quiet, some quietude. So they were his friends. And now this is his friend Lazarus was sick, and a message was sent, sent to him. But amazingly, Jesus did not respond immediately. The Bible says that he delayed for four days. And while he was delaying, Lazarus died. Lazarus died. Now, four years, four days after, Jesus arrived at the place where Lazarus had died. By this time, he's been buried. He's been lying in the tomb for four days, four days. Now, I need to say something here. By this time in his ministry, Jesus Christ was no longer a hidden figure. 
Anywhere he went to, crowds followed him. So people knew he used to frequent the house of Lazarus. And they must have been wondering, uh, where, was, where is this their friend? He's an acclaimed miracle worker. We've heard of how he healed the sick, how he raised the, raised the dead, how he cleansed lepers, how he walked upon the sea. And the people also knew that a message was sent to Jesus to come. And they knew he didn't come. Do you, have you ever wondered what must have been going on in the minds of those people? Have you ever wondered what they must have told Mary and Martha? If you read verse 21, you will see the evidence that the people must have told Mary and Martha something. Because by the time Jesus arrived, Martha said to him, If only you had been here earlier, my brother would not have died. So the people must have laughed at them. The people must have mocked them. That they were following Jesus. Now, at a moment of crisis in their life, that the same Jesus they followed was not there to deliver them, was not there to heal Lazarus, was not there to restore him. But the Bible says that Jesus asked a question, where have you buried him? And they showed him the tomb. And he said to those that stood by, Take away the stone from the mouth of a tomb, from the mouth of a sepulchre. The Bible says that some people said, oh, don't bother doing that because by now his body must be stinking in the grave, in the tomb. The Bible said that Jesus Christ ignored them and he cried with a loud voice and said, Lazarus, come forth. And the Bible records, and he that was dead came forth. Brethren, I want to tell you, that there's a voice that can call dead men out from their graves. There's a voice that can change your circumstances. There's a voice that can change your situation. There's a voice that can turn things around in your life. That voice is the voice of Jesus Christ. And he says, my sheep hear my voice and they know me and they follow me. Today, may you hear the voice of Jesus Christ. May that voice come to change your story. May that voice come to turn things around. May everything the enemy has killed in your life, as they hear the sound, the sound of a voice of your master, may whatever the enemy has killed in your life come back to life. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus came on the fourth day. Can I tell you that even when God is four days late, he is still on time. It's amazing that though, as far as men could see, Jesus was four days late but he was still on time. He was still on time. I want to announce to you that concerning your matter, do not give up. Do not throw in the towel. You may think that God is delaying. You may think that God is not fast enough, but I want to tell you, he will come and he will still be on time. He will still be on time. In the mighty name of Jesus. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 6 tells us, that he that believes on him shall not be disgraced. He that believes on him shall not be ashamed. He that believes on him shall not be confounded. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 6. I point my finger at you and I declare this concerning you. I don't know what you're going through. But take this from this servant of Jesus Christ. That beginning from this day. God will turn your life around. 
and you will never be ashamed. You will never be ashamed in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Sometimes, things that we don't pray for, things that we didn't bargain for happen to us. And when those things happen, people begin to ask us, where is your God? People begin to ask you, I'm sure you believed him. What is going on now? What is happening now? I have found myself in situations like that. And God always turned up at the nick of time and turned things around for me and delivered me from shame and disgrace. I may not know what disgrace may mean for you. I may not know what shameful situation you may have found yourself in. But today I pray for your deliverance that God will deliver you from shame, that the hand of the Almighty will deliver you from disgrace. The Bible says, He has brought me up out of the mighty clay. He has set my feet upon the rock. He has established my goings. Today I pray for someone listening to me. If you are standing on slippery ground, let the hand of the Almighty bring you up out of that pit. Let the hand of the Almighty put your two feet upon a rock and establish your goings. Never again will you be ashamed. Never again will you be disgraced. Never again will you be confounded by the power in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now say a loud amen to this prayer. Brethren, I want you to know that we live in an unusual time. The coronavirus pandemic, the COVID-19 virus has changed our world. I don't know what you're thinking, but from what I can see and from what I perceive, our world will never remain the same again. Things won't be the way it used to be. And there's one thing with, you know, occurrences like this. When things like this happen, some people sink. Some people rise. In the time of Noah, when the flood waters submerged the whole earth, everything died off. Mountaintops, trees, everything was submerged. Incidentally, it was the same flood that submerged the whole earth, that wiped off every living thing. It was that same flood that lifted Noah's ark. I want you to know, that what may cause others to sink, God may use it to make you to rise. I pray for every child of God listening to me, from wherever you are watching and listening from, that the fallout of COVID-19 pandemic and all these attendant problems will not bring about your falling, will not bring about your sinking. You will not fall, you will not fail, you will not close shop. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, all over the world, across the globe, multiplied millions have lost their jobs. Multiplied millions have closed shop, lost their businesses. Multiplied thousands have lost their lives. A lot of people have died because of this virus. A lot of people have lost their businesses. Schools are closed. People are closed. Businesses are closing up. But I want you to know, in unusual times, you require unusual survival skills. You don't have to sync with the world. 
When you become a child of God, your case becomes different. What some others may not sink you. What some others may, God may use it to make you to rise. Believe God's word. Believe God's word. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you look at the life of David, the Bible says that David was a man of many parts. A man of many parts. A lot of people will remember David as a shepherd boy. As a shepherd, as a shepherd he kept his father's sheep. It was while he was a shepherd that he killed a lion and he killed a bear. A lot of people will remember him also as a warrior, as a, as a champion who, who took down the champion of the Philistines, as a man who brought down Goliath. Many will remember him as a warrior. Many people will remember David also as a musician. He was a psalmist. A good number of psalms were accredited, accredited to him. He wrote very many psalms. He was a poet. He was a prophet. Hallelujah. But a lot of people do not know that David was a powerful actor. On one of the days that David was on the run from Saul, the Bible mentions that David ran into the territory of the Philistines and then found himself in the palace of Achish. Achish at this time was the king of Gath. Gath was one of the cities of the Philistines. Incidentally, Goliath was from Gath. Now, don't forget that when David killed Goliath, that he took Goliath's sword. So all the time that David was going to battle, he was carrying Goliath's sword to enter into battle. On this particular day, he ran straight into the palace of a king of Gath, the very city of Goliath. And the Bible says that the men of that city said to Achish, king of Gath, is this man not David? The same man, they said, who has killed his tens of thousands? Is it not the same man they sing that song concerning him? And this man has entered our territory. He's been delivered into our hands. Let's deal with him because he, before he causes trouble here. The Bible says that when David overheard their conversation, that he faked to be a madman. The Bible says that he acted the part so well that, that when they brought him before Achish, all the king could say was, I don't think that this is David. I don't have any need of madmen. Why will you bring a lunatic inside my, into my palace and claim that he's David, the David of Israel? No, this is not David. The David I know is a champion, not this madman. And he said to them, take this madman out of my presence. And they took David out of the presence of Achish, king of Gath. I want you to realize that when David found himself in that tight corner, what saved him was not his shepherd's anointing. What saved him was not his warrior's anointing. Of course, he couldn't fight his way out of, from the midst of the city. He was right there in the palace of a king, an archenemy of Israel. What saved him was not his anointing as a poet, as a musician. He found himself in an unusual circumstance. And he needed unusual grace and anointing. At that particular point in time, something came upon David. He acted the part of a madman so well that they let him go. What am I trying to say? In unusual times, God releases unusual grace. It is that unusual grace that will make his people to survive in unusual times. Right where you are, I pray for you. 
that an uncommon anointing will come upon you. Unusual grace will come upon you. Unusual anointing will come upon you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that as this grace comes upon you, uncommon survivor skills will begin to manifest in your life. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For every child of God watching me, I want to say to you that you will survive this COVID-19 season. You will see the end of this season. This season will not see your end. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray for God to put upon you unusual grace, unusual anointing, so that you begin to manifest unusual survivor's case like David. That anywhere you find yourself, you will survive and you will thrive. In Jesus' mighty name. Never again. Just like never again came to Noah as a promise. I stretch forth my hands towards you. And I pray a prayer. That never again will you find yourself in a place of disgrace. That never again will you be ashamed. Never again will you find yourself in a place of helplessness. The book of Psalms 3 says, Many there be which say of me, there is no help for him in God. But the Bible says in Psalm 3 verse 3, But thou, O Lord, art a shield unto me, my glory, and the lifter up of my head. I pray for you that never again will you find yourself in a situation where your head is bowed in shame, where your head is bowed in surrender. The Almighty God will lift up your head. Let your head be lifted. Let your head be lifted. Let your head be lifted in the name of Jesus. Never again will your family be described as a family where nobody is progressing. Never again will you be described as a man who is going nowhere. Never again. Whatever has become a source of mockery and a source of disdain, whatever it is that people look upon to look down upon you, the hand of the Almighty will take it away from you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. That's where you're watching me from. John me to say never again three times. Never again. Never again. Never again. In Jesus' name. Now, I wouldn't want this to be an empty mantra for you. I wouldn't want it to be something that you would just repeat for the sake of repeating it. This is not a mantra. This is God's word. God himself said, my people shall never again be disgraced. May that be your portion. May that be your testimony in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You want me to say, never again. Never again. Never again. I don't know what you're going through, but this servant of God, as I stand before you, I pray this prayer that never again will you go to bed crying and wake up crying. Never again will you go through life in pain. Never again will you go through life in disgrace. Never again! Let the hand of your mighty come upon you. Let God turn your life around. Put a new song in your mouth. Put laughter in your mouth. Make you to sing a new song. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. We pray you have been blessed by the word of God you received today. 
for prayers or counseling, our doors are always open. We invite you to worship with us at the Overcomers Church World Outreach. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website, www.overcomersgrace.org. We look forward to seeing you at our next service. God bless you in Jesus' name.